We're up to Perik Hamishi of Hilchas Shvuos, Halacha Aleph. Mish Nishba Shazarak Ish Tloni Tzrali Yam Zarak. Someone swore that a certain man threw a uh, stone into the sea, and it wasn't true. He didn't throw it. Oshlo Zarak Vuhu Zarak. Or he swore that he did not throw, and the person did actually throw. As a chayvish was bitui, he is liable to an oath known as a shvuos bitui. Ba'pisheno belhaba. Even though it's not dealing with something that will happen in the future, he cannot swear that another person will throw or not throw. He can only swear about himself, not about another person. If a person does swear concerning other people that they will or will not do a certain thing, even if they were his own children or his wife, he's not liable for shvuos bitui. Because he doesn't have the ability to fulfill or not to fulfill, or to nullify. Shuas bitui is, by definition, something that you can do or not do, or something that was done or not done. So, uh, as far as being done or not done, that that uh, that shvu is valid for somebody else. But as far as what is going to be done or going to not be done, that's not valid for another person. If you make that kind of oath, you will get flogged by rabbinic law. Since he can't fulfill uh, this oath, so he is causing a shvur shav. Even though, apparently according to the Rambam, it's not an actual shvur shav. And now he explains why not. Why don't you actually get flogged for a shvur shav? Maybe those people will listen to him and fulfill his oath. Therefore, the law is like this, the Rambam says. When they're warning him, uh, which is required when he's transgressing, it's a hasra sofik. It's a warning with a doubt, because we don't know if the other person will do it or not. And the law is, you don't get flogged on such a warning unless it's something that it says explicitly in the Torah. As will be explained in the laws of Sanhedrin. The Ravaz explains that this is called a Shavuah not explicitly mentioned in the Torah, even though Shavuah Shav is mentioned. But a Shavuah Shav that is mentioned in the Torah is something that's obviously false. Uh, or something where he's swearing redundantly, where we know something is uh, so, and he swears that it is so. Whereas in this case, he doesn't consider it. The person who's swearing doesn't realize that it's a shvur shav. It's not explicitly false. I mean, maybe the person will listen to him. Therefore, uh, that's not called a, an explicit shvur shav. And therefore, the Rambam says that uh, you don't get flogged with asra sophic. Now, those other people are not obligated to listen to the words of this man who swore unless they affirmed it by saying amen in which case they would have to listen, as we've explained. If they do fulfill what he said, that's praiseworthy. Because they stopped him from uh, making an oath in vain. When does this apply, the previous law? He swore concerning something that's not in his domain. Like if Reuven swore that Shimon wouldn't go to his business or wouldn't eat meat and the like. If Reuven swore that Shimon should not enter his house, and that Shimon should not have any benefit from his property. 
The Abba Shimon of Nichols of Esau and Shimon transgressed and entered his house, Shal Reuven of Reuven, Benanim Nechasov, and had benefit of his property, Shlomidas Reuven, without Reuven's permission. Reuven Potter, Shreya Onus. Reuven is liable uh, because uh, it's an accident, it's not under his control. Shimon went uh, without him realizing it. Shimon is liable because he transgressed something that's prohibited for him to do. Because this person swore only on something that is in his domain. He has a right to keep people out of his house uh, or to uh, stop them from uh, having benefit from his property. The same would be true in any similar case. Now, the Lechem Mishnah points out that um, Shimon wouldn't get flogged because, in fact, Shimon did not make the oath. Reuben has the power to cause uh, uh, a prohibition upon Shimon to enter his house, because it's, it's Reuben's house. Uh, but uh, since Reuben, uh, Shimon didn't actually swear, flogging he doesn't get, although it is in fact prohibited for him to do that. If he swore not to eat, and he ate food that's really not fit to eat. Or he drank uh, liquids that are really not fit to drink. Potter, he's not liable. If he ate forbidden things by Torah law, if he ate like an olive's worth of carcasses or trephus or uh, rodents, creeping, creeping animals and so on, uh, he is not liable for Shavuot's bitui. Since the prohibition is there before, and the Shavuot can't uh, fall upon a prohibition of the Torah. If he swore that he would eat, and he ate things that were unfit, he drank things unfit, or he ate non-kosher things, he's also not liable in Shavuzbitoy. First case is where he swore not to eat, and he ate, and the second he swore to eat, and he did eat unfit things. Why is in the second case he not liable? It is considered eating since they are significant to him, so his act of eating is considered eating, and he wouldn't get flogged. He ate. If he swore that he didn't eat, and he had eaten something unfit for eating or something non-kosher, then he is liable. Because the eating counts as eating since he has given them significance by the fact that he ate them. But if in the future, that he swore that he wouldn't eat these things, and it happened that he did eat them, and Achila doesn't count as eating, as we've already explained, because it's unfit or because it's prohibited. If he made an oath that he would eat, not eat any small amount of carcasses or trephus, and he ate less than the size of an olive, he is liable for the oath. Because he's not enjoined not to have less than the shear at Mount Sinai. Therefore, the oath has the ability of, of being valid, and it is valid, and he is liable for breaking the oath. Now, even though a half of a um, shear is forbidden by Torah law, nevertheless, it's not called... Um, it's not called these forsworn at Mount Sinai. Forsworn at Mount Sinai means, or, or things that were sworn uh, at Mount Sinai, means only things explicitly stated, and Chatzishir is not explicit.
If he swore that he would eat less than the size of an olive, of the villain Trefa, non kosher, he is liable to Shavuz Bitoi. Shavuz Lochal Afar Kyotzibom at Vershin Rum Lachila. If he swore not to eat earth or the like, things that are unfit to eat, Machal Kazais, if he ate an owl's worth, Chayiv is liable. Machal Pasma Kazais, there is a suffix. Shemi is Chayiv Bachal Shahom, with Nation Sadak Lachila, Kriat Srikashir. If he ate less than an olive, there's a question as to whether he's liable or not. Maybe he is liable because this thing is inedible in any way, at any rate. So perhaps it doesn't need any minimum amount. But on the other hand, maybe it does require the minimum like all other foods. If somebody swore not to eat a grape seed, and he ate, or grape seeds, and he ate less than the size of an olive, I raise a suffix, so there's also a doubt here. Now the question is, when he said the chatzan, uh, did he mean a kazayas? Since Usually a chatzan is eaten, you don't eat these grape seeds separately. You might eat them together with the grapes, and therefore, in that sense, it's a food and you would need a kazayas. Or, since it's eaten separately, it's not really a food anyway, and maybe any amount should be liable. So there's a question. So the one who swore was a nazir, who was not allowed to eat an olive's worth of uh, grape seeds, and he ate less than an olive, and a chayvish was bitter. Then he's definitely not liable to uh, the oath. Because he had in mind, no doubt, in his oath, the size of an olive that he is sworn not to eat. And therefore the oath uh, does not go upon him, since he's a Nazir. Therefore if he uh, explicitly says, I'm not going to eat even one uh, grape seed, and he ate it, he's liable, because a Nazir is prohibited by explicit Torah law only in the full shear. Yud Shvush Laochel Tvarim Unavela Sutrefus Vachel Kazais Nevelo Trefa Chayev Afmishum Shvus Bitui. If he swore not to eat dates and uh, non kosher uh, carcasses, uh, you know, trefus, and he ate an olive's worth of a Nevela, of the carcass, or of the trefa. Chayev is liable, Afmishum Shvus Bitui. Uh, also because of Shuaz Bitoy, uh, in addition to the fact that he ate nine kosher. Shukalod Varma Surman Dvarma Mutarim, he included prohibited things with permitted things. Since the oath is valid, as far as the dates go, it is also valid on the prohibited things. As we've explained earlier. If he made an oath not to eat uh, carcasses or trefa and the like, whether he ate or not, there is no obligation of an oath at all. Neither the shvua known as a shvua bitoy, the shvua in which you express a desire to do or not to do something, or shvua shav, an oath that is in vain. Here it's not considered an oath that's in vain because he didn't swear not to do a mitzvah, he swore that he would do the mitzvah, and therefore it just doesn't count as anything. If he swore that he would eat something prohibited, non-kosher food that's prohibited by Torah law, then he is flogged for making a um, a false oath, or an oath in vain. Whether he eats it or not, he has no right to eat it, and it's an oath in vain, and therefore he gets flogged. If he says, I make an oath to eat this uh, loaf and not to eat it, it's a contradiction. 
the second one is an oath in vain, because now, once he made the oath to eat it, it's a mitzvah for him to eat it. So he's going to get flogged for the second oath, whether he eats it or not, whether he keeps it, but he's breaking the mitzvah, uh, or doesn't keep it, he gets flogged. If he doesn't eat it, then he's liable a second time because he didn't keep his first oath, which was an oath to do or not to do something, namely in this case, to eat this loaf. If he uh, starts off by saying, uh, I swear not to eat this loaf, and then I swear to eat it, the second is, just as before, the same law, the second is a open vein, because this is forbidden for him to eat, since he swore not to eat it. Therefore he gets flogged for the second oath, whether he eats it or not. If he does eat it, he gets flocked for the first uh, oath the was that he made. Anyone who swore to nullify a mitzvah and did not nullify it, uh, he is not liable for shvuas bitoy because a shvuas bitoy is only in effect on a non-mitzvah in the first place. However, he does get flogged for a Oath in vain. And he should do the mitzvah which he swore not to do. Because he's going to get flogged anyway for the, uh, for the Shavuah Shav. Tezvav Ketav, for example. Let's say you swore not to make a sukkah, not to put on tefillin. Or not to give charity. He swore to his friend that he will not testify this testimony that he knows. Or that if he should know it, that he won't testify it which is forbidden by the Torah. You must testify if you know it. He gets flogged because of an oath in vain. Because he's commanded to testify. Someone says to his friend, I swear that I will not know any testimony for you. That's an oath in vain. It's not in his ability not to know testimony. If he, if he, if he knows it, he knows it. If he doesn't, he doesn't. He cannot control that. And talk here after the Zen, the same would be true with anything similar. If he swore to fulfill a mitzvah but didn't fulfill it, then he's not obligated, uh, he's not liable for the Shvuas Bitoy. Actually, he wouldn't violate Shvuas Shav either because it's not in vain because um, when he made the oath, he could have he fulfilled the mitzvah. Keta, for example, he swore that he would make a lulav, or a sukkah, or give charity to a poor person, or testify if he knew something to testify. And he didn't do any of these things. He didn't give, he didn't testify. He's not liable because of the shuas bitoy. As we said before, the shuas bitoy is valid only on a permitted thing. Not on a mitzvah. Something that if he wants, he can do. If he doesn't want, he doesn't have to do. As it says, it says to do, to deny, to do bad, or to do, to, to practice, to do good. That means something that's optional, that he has a right to do or not to do. Therefore, if anyone swears to do bad to someone else, he's not liable for shuas bitoy. Let's say he swore that he would hit so and so. Or you call a leno, or curse him, or yigzel mamono, or steal his money, or yim or um, uh, inform on him and give him into the hands of a, uh, a thief. And they should is because he's commanded not to do. So the shuas bitu would have no validity then. 
However, the Rambam says, it appears to me that he would be flogged for uh, an oath in vain, which is when he makes an oath uh, against the mitzvah, that he, he is flogged for a shuvashav. However, if he swore to do bad to himself, let's say he swore that he would uh, injure himself, even though he's not allowed to, the oath is valid. Uh, you see, even though this is going against the Torah, but it, it, it's, it's not explicitly, it doesn't explicitly say in the Torah that you can't hurt yourself, even though you're not allowed to, but it's not explicit. Therefore, if he didn't do bad to himself, he is, um, he is liable for the Shuas Bitwi. If he swore to do something good to others that he has the power to do, like he'll speak on his behalf before the ruler or honor him, then the oath is valid. So if he transgressed and did not do it, he is liable because of Shuas Bitwi. If he swore not to eat matzah for a year or two, He's not allowed to eat matzah on the night of Pesach. If he ate, he is liable because of a shvuz bitoy, because he swore to do something which he didn't do, or not to do something, and he did it. This isn't called a shvua uh, in vain, which is when you swear against doing a mitzvah. He didn't specifically swear that he wouldn't eat matzah on Pesach. He included times when eating matzah is optional, together with times that it's a mitzvah. Since the oath is valid for the other days, it's also valid for Pesach. The same would be true with, with any similar case. For example, if he, sa- if he swore that he would never sit in the shade of a sukkah, or that he would not uh, wear a garment for a year or two, meaning a uh, garment with four corners for tzitzis. If he swore that he either did, on, did put on film today or did not, put on tzitzis or did not, that's considered a shuas between of the past. He's relating something that happened. He was not swearing to do or not to do a mitzvah. He was just talking about whether he had done it or not. If he swore not to sleep for three nights, not to eat anything for seven days, that's considered a false oath. That's an unkeepable oath. We don't say, well, we wait till he actually has to break the fast. We let him stay up until it's impossible for him and, and finally fall asleep. Let him fast until it hurts so much that uh, uh, he won't be able to take it and he'll eat or sleep. So you don't say that. You flog him immediately because of a false oath. So he can sleep and eat whenever he wants to. If he swore that he saw a camel float, flying in the air, and the law they said to him, How could you swear something that is false? Raman, he said, I saw such a big bird that I, I refer to as a camel. That's what I meant. This is nothing. Because people don't call a camel 
except if they mean a camel. And his mind is uh, nullified compared to what people usually do. We go by the general usage. And therefore he gets flogged. Because it's a shvur shav. It's swearing something that's impossible. The same would be true with any similar case. It's known among the sages, the wise people who have uh, scientific knowledge, that the sun is 170 times bigger than the earth. If somebody swears that the uh, sun is bigger than the earth, he's not flying because of an unnecessary oath. Because even though it's true, it's not obvious to everyone. Only to the great sages. He's only liable if he swears on something that is um, obviously known that it's the three people at least of the rest of the people. Uh, like if he would swear that a man is a man or a stone is a stone. Whereas here, the average person doesn't know about the sun. Only the uh, wise people. If he swears a lie that the sun is smaller than the earth, and Loki doesn't get flagged either, even though it's not true, it's not known to everyone. It's not like an obviously false oath, like a man swearing that a man is a woman. If he only swore according to the seeing of the eyes, because for his eyes, it appears to be smaller. The king would be with anything similar, Concerning astronomy and uh, and uh, geometry, kilzavan and the like, from words of wisdom, that are uh, not known except for a certain people. Uh, so the same rules that were spelled out in this uh, paragraph would apply there.